0: All right, Tim. The question for today's episode is: Is having a wife a prerequisite for being a pastor?
1: No, but it doesn't hurt.
0: Okay. Um, well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I had always understood, you know, what Paul, uh, you know, the the requirements that he set out for being a pastor in um, First Timothy. I always I always understood it as like a. Um, You must, you know, you must be married in order to be a pastor. So why do you say you must, or why do you say, no, it's not a prerequisite, meaning it's not a requirement, but then it is probably a good thing that you are married
1: yeah, so what you're referring to is First Timothy three two, where it says, therefore an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, uh, hospitable, and able to teach. Now, I mean, in that language, um, when you think about the way the English is translating it, at that point, it seems like maybe a lot more um, dogmatic that a pastor must be the husband of one wife, he must be married. Right. In, in other words, but then. You know, the Greek basically just says, like, literally, it is basically just saying a one-woman man. And, you know, when you think about what's actually being communicated there, it's basically just saying a man who's, like, uh, not sexually immoral. So mm-hmm. overwhelmingly, that's, like, the overwhelming obvious implication. And then if you were to, you know, if it, if it is actually a requirement for a pastor to be married and not just, like, devoted to, you know, one person, essentially, um, like, meaning, like, he's not... um known to be sexually immoral in that way, then you're in an awkward situation because Jesus and Paul would be basically disqualified from being pastors there. And so I think, you know, I think as a lot of people view it, um, they are viewing it like in the, maybe the most, uh, they're taking it in the most like absolute kind of strict uh, sense of the expression. But I think there's a lot of the qualifications in there that are basically just kind of assuming that, you know, an elder in general would probably be someone who is well past the age of being married. Right. Mm-hmm. And well past the age of having a family. And, um, at that point. And so I think when you're looking at these qualifications in general, um, you do have to kind of read them in light of the worldview that is present there at the time. And the worldview that's present at the time is basically just that the overwhelming majority of people are going to be married. They're going to have kids even uh, because mm-hmm. they're not living in a time where it's just expected that you get married and maybe wait five or 10 years to have a child at that point. So, and then like you think about like, like how these qualifications actually work, like they're meant to like, like, an honorable person is just going to get married and he's going to have kids. And then you're going to be able to look at the fruit of like how he's managing his home to determine, well, does, is he qualified to manage the church of God? Because like, you know, his, the way he manages his home, his wife is, you know, kids are going to be a resume for for him at that point. But then and I think, you know, obviously in that society, you have people like Paul who are devoting themselves to advance the gospel over the known world at the time and who are, I, who are basically undivided in their um, intention to spread the good news, and so you know there there is that category that of the single person that would function you know kind of as an exception to this rule in general. But then um, I think yeah, for the most part, I think most people would rather see a married pastor than an unmarried pastor for a wide variety of reasons in general.
0: Why why do you think that most people would look for the <laughs> unmarried pastor
1: well, yeah i mean so like with the unmarried pastor then you know they, i think they're dealing with the reality of like the same reality that the catholic church is dealing with where you have individuals who are you know quote unquote devoting themselves to celibacy and then you know you have all these monks that are like denying their creational makeup you know how god designed them to be like um uh, like the hormones that he has given them and the natural urges that he's given them. And then you put, you know, a bunch of like men who've devoted themselves to celibacy uh, in close proximity to a bunch of nuns who have also devoted themselves to <laughs> celibacy. And then you yeah. end up with orphanages, you know, that are being <laughs> <laughs> created in secret, you know, um, like, uh, the excessive need. So, I mean, I think like, um, for the most part, I mean, for like uh, sexual like desire is like a significant trial for men, and marriage is meant to be an outlet for that. And if you take a man and you expect him to suppress that, I mean, the vast majority of men are just simply not, you know, able um, to suppress that indefinitely, and that's and you get yourself in a lot of pro- problems there. But then I mean, think like like if you just think about like in general how these qualifications are expected to function, like it's expected that elders are going to be elder, right? Like they're, they're not just going to be like very, very young people. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're expected to function in that kind of way. And so you have a person who's, you know, been through some trials at that point in their life and you can look at how they're handling their family, how they're handling those trials. Um, you know, I think it just says a lot about, uh, you know, a person in general that they were, that, they had like the character necessary to even obtain a wife, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh huh. Yeah. I mean, they like, so they convince they convince someone that they're worth living the rest of their life. With. <laughs> Is I mean, that what you're saying? Too? Yeah,
1: I think so. Yeah. Uh, so so I think like the kind of person who just I mean, there's obviously you know it's a rough world out there. So I'm not trying to pick on people who are unwillingly single. So rough, rough world out there. But I mean. Like, there is something to be said about, like, you, you know, you were able to convince, like, at least another person that you were worth marrying <laughs> as, far as, as far as that's concerned. You made, like, appropriate life choices to make yourself, like, a desirable person in general. You had your you, – I mean, you've you know, you have made um, those kind of decisions. I think in general it is, like, meant to be just, like – you know, as a generality, these are the way – generally the things that people should be looking for and you kind of overlook them to your, mostly to your headache. Uh, but then, I mean, there could be like plenty of situations where, you know, um, like a man is widowed or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, that could definitely, um, Like an older man, widowed, you know, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. He may not have a wife at the moment anymore, but wanted to, you know, pass the time of thinking about such things. And so I think there's plenty of situations like that where, like, um, these aren't meant to be just, like, iron chains on a person. And and I think there's, like, legitimate situations like Paul and Jesus where you wouldn't want to basically say Paul or Jesus was disqualified from the ministry.
0: Right. Now, so in my experience— I, I've met a lot of people, you know, um, who would say that you shouldn't discriminate at all between like, let's say you're, let's say you're at a church and you've got to hire another pastor, uh, and you're looking at two different candidates, right? And, and so one is, um, you know, one is married and one is not, um, and they're equal in every other aspect um, you know, i I met a lot of people, especially when I was in school who would essentially argue, like, you can't just hire the, uh, you can't view the married thing as, uh, as better than not married. Um, hmm. meaning like you, you can't essentially what they're trying to say is like, Hey, you can't let like, Oh, just because this person isn't married, be like a determining factor in deciding, Hey, we're not going to hire you. So if you were in that situation, they're equal in every way, but then one's married and one is not, uh, who would you pick? Or would it just be a, a, you know, flip of a coin at that point for you?
1: (laughs) That's an interesting question. And um, I would say um, I I want (laughs) to go in two different directions at once, but um, (laughs) I I, want to, so I don't accept the logic that you can't discriminate so I I would I would start by saying that like I don't accept the logic that you can't discriminate mm-hmm. um meaning like you know I would just say well I'll discriminate if I want to <laughs> <laughs> No, no. <laughs> you know <laughs> don't tell me what to do you know if I want to discriminate I will uh, so you know uh, but yeah so I don't accept that as like um morally binding um,
0: thing. Law or something, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, like, meaning, like, you know, you, you're you telling me I can't discriminate on the basis of marid, marid, marital status. I think you're going too far, I you know, like, with that kind of thing. Um, so, meaning, like, I think the logic of the qualifications in general are their qualifications that, like, a big part of it is he must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive, but... Um, Like, I think that is a resume booster for an individual for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I say that being a person who, you know, I wasn't married at the beginning of my seminary. I got married in the middle of seminary. And there was a lot of pressure for seminary people to get married for this very reason because they thought they would be unhirable if um, they didn't get married. And I didn't necessarily resent that. You know, I'm not kind of the kind of person who just, like, like, think, like, thinks in terms of egalitarian fairness. I mean, it's like, man, I would like to get married, so I'm not, you know. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> you're not unhirable? You're unhirable.
1: <laughs> you know, but, like, if a church, like, the thing was, like, if a church looked at me as unhirable because I wasn't married, I wasn't, like, going to pitch a fit and be a baby about it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so I don't I don't really like respect that kind of whiny fussy person who thinks like that, oh it's not fair, everything has to be fair and blah, 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 blah. It's like well, I think there's like you know, on balance of probability, like there's a lot of like whether or not this is meant like that one feature is meant to be an absolute law in that way. I don't know that I'd be willing to say that because I don't want to disqualify Jesus or Paul. Mm-hmm. So I think one woman man like reading it in the language of one woman man helps in that way. Um, meaning like you you you, you know you, you don't have a like if you're just you viewing that more like in the language of you don't have a guy who has eyes for every you know woman he sees or something like that. I mm-hmm. think that that's kind of the intention like he's sexually pure. I think that's generally what's like you want someone who's pure. But, I mean, like a wife is a great safeguard for those kind of things. Like a good wife is a great safeguard for that kind of thing. She's an health, healthy outlet uh, for a man, right? She's a source of provision for a man in that kind of way. And like like a family, like a man who it, like, it, it gets married, has children, like this is going to be like very much a, um, a like regardless of what a person says, like that is going to be something that is going to be a significant help to him in even doing his job. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So meaning like it, it is like a resume booster. So the Bible says it's not good for men to be alone. So God's going to provide a helper fit for him, a helper suitable for him. And like, like, you know, behind every good man is a good woman. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And behind every good woman is or you know, in front of every, not behind, but in front of every good, (laughs) is is a uh, good man, so to speak. And so like, I think like, like, i would I would argue that you know they're probably not equally qualified. does that make sense
0: uh yeah the the married and unmarried proponent for pastor
1: yeah, I wouldn't think that it would be like like if you're saying hey they're equally qualified, you would probably like be having to point to like a very limit like in a very limited sense oh, they preach equally well, they both have a same doctrinal standard right mm-hmm. right yeah. Like, we have no cause for accusation against them. They're both equally gifted in terms of teaching, but then, like, are they equally qualified? Well, I think that, you know, that woman probably made that man into a lot better man than he would have been on his own, and, like, has given him a lot more insight into how to minister to married people, right? Which most of his congregation is going to be, and, you know, has probably worked to Like, in terms of just seeing how he lives in private, she's probably worked out a lot of his rough edges in a way that the unmarried guy probably doesn't have, you know. So Mm -hmm. it's not intuitively obvious to me that, like, there's not a lot of uh, ways in which the married guy would probably be benefited by that woman. Mm -hmm. by The presence of, like, living in close proximity to that woman in a way that the other one hasn't really been tested yet in those ways, you know. And doesn't have, like, an inbuilt, like, accountability in his life that can call him on, like... Um, like things that he could hide on his own, you know? Right. So, so yeah, no, I don't, I, um, I have a, I, I don't, I don't view the past. The point is I don't view the passages that like that qualification as like an absolute law because I wouldn't want to restrict Jesus or Paul. But then at the same time, I, I, I could see overwhelmingly why like in the vast majority of cases it, you know, you ignore it to your peril basically.
0: Right. And do you, You know, a lot of a lot of the people that I um, interacted with that really, really were scandalized by the idea that, you know, a pastor really should be married. Um, And, you know, in most in most scenarios, um, you know, a lot of the people who are who are arguing that they, they don't have to be married were younger guys who really their only thing was they just hadn't found a wife yet. They were they were right. people who wanted a wife. You know, they weren't they weren't like you know, I think we've talked about this before, but when it comes to the the celibate thing, typically when you're when you're the person who is like, hey, I you know, I don't I don't need a a spouse, you're the kind of person who um doesn't doesn't really have like sexual desires in the way that most normal people have them. Right? And and so, but these, these aren't those guys, like they want a wife, you know, um, <clears throat> and everything that is entailed with finding a wife, but they just haven't yet. And so they're just, they're sort of like, Hey, well, I just haven't found it yet. You know, that doesn't mean that you should look at me as like unhireable. Right. But then for you, if you are hiring someone, would you be, uh, at all like nervous, about like, Hey, you know, I'm hiring an unmarried pastor and, you know, like you said, there's not like this inbuilt account there's not this inbuilt accountability that is had there, uh, by not having a wife, um, to protect this, to protect this man from potential downfalls or pitfalls. Um, is that something that you, is that something that like makes you wary and makes you think like, well, is there anyone else that I can hire that is married and I don't have to worry about that quite as much or um, is it? I think think
1: churches are rightfully nervous about that kind of thing. And I think, I mean, the kind of people who are making those kind of cases are typically, you know, young guys who are in seminary (laughs) or in Bible college. That was my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was my experience too. But I mean, even when I was in that stage of life, I didn't, think that was a good argument. So you get what I'm saying? Right. Like so even when I was in that stage, I thought like to myself like, oh no, like it's not good for a man to be alone. Like part of the reason I wanted to get married is because I thought that that would help me to be more of a complete person, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like because I because I do think that God like that's the way like regardless of whether or not there's some category for, you know, celibacy right Mm -hmm. like i think there obviously is but it's like way overblown right so it's like there's like a category for maybe like 0.01 percent of christians or something 0.001 percent of christians like that really meet those biblical criteria but then you're living in a society that despises marriage and marriage like first-time marriage rates are on the rise and then they have no sense of urgency you know most of it which is because most of the guys are like addicted to porn and then the ladies are like wanting to be career women and don't want to you know get married or have kids and everything else and so there's problems both ways and then that leads to like you know a dramatic increase in the rates of first time marriages to where you know marriage rates are plummeting and all that. And then in that kind of society then everyone's demanded you you know, you need to have sensitivity, like primarily towards like the sensitive person and you don't want to other them, right? You don't want to <laughs> uh-huh. t- tell them as if they're like there there's anything abnormal about, you know, being unmarried. But then like from a biblical worldview, no, this is absolutely an abnormal state and it's an affliction, it's a trial, it's not according to God's design. And, you know, I think, yes, women left on their own, they don't end up turning out very well. And men left on their own, they don't end up turning out very well. And you need to put them together in order to make them, like, turn out better, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, like, that's the point. And so, you know, to, like, all of my you know, single friends who were unwillingly single and arguing this kind of stuff in Bible college and seminary, after most of them finally got married, you look at them and you think, oh man, they've, they've gotten a lot more responsible. <laughs> <They've
0: grown up> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> you know, their, their life is a, is a testament to how poor their argument probably was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's
1: like, oh man, like, um, you know, I think, um, 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 <laughs> My, uh, what, what, I could just tell a personal story like this just to kind of make the point or whatever, but uh, one of my mentors who married me, um, um, one of my uh, counseling mentors or whatever, he um, he observed me about six months after marriage and he said, you know, Tim, you look, You look a lot better, you know. Like than you did in seminary. You look you look healthier, you know. Like you've been sleeping more and like like. like, And what you know what had happened was like what 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 had happened was like I, you know I slept three or four hours a night for like four years during seminary, and you know it was even worse when I was in you know Bible college and all that, but. You know, and I was barely eating anything uh, because I was so broke. I, you know, like I um, didn't know where my next meal was coming from. I had to survive on like energy drinks and ramen noodles and everything else. And you know, so like I looked like I was dead tired, exhausted, and I was so sleep deprived to the point where like I could barely think at times. And he's like, "Man, Tim, you look a lot better." And what had happened was I got married, and I'm trying to operate on my same schedule, and my wife, like she she wasn't having it. You know, she's Uh like, she's like, uh, she's like, I am not going to bed uh, by myself (laughs) every night while you stay up all night and study. And I just thought, I guess I'm just going to have to do worse on these tests, you know, like, <laughs> but I ended up sleeping more and like, I wasn't so sleep deprived and I didn't, you know, push myself so hard, like in that way. And I, I got the same grades, you know, I think I, I was pushing myself really hard, but I wasn't retaining as much. And, you know, but he, he looked at me and he thought, man, you just, you look, you look a lot better, you know, you <laughs> did. but I mean, all my friends, like, you know, they go from, um, you know, living in these, uh, you know, sloppy dorms and dressing sloppy and, you know, looking like college kids, you know, kind of thing to all of a sudden, like their wives, like got them cleaned up and respectable looking (laughs) pretty quickly, (laughs) you know, and then they learned like, like you you do, it does take a lot of work to learn how to live with a woman, you know, Um, where you're used to just hanging out with men. And I mean, like it is a help. It's a help. So,
0: (laughs) so at the end of the day, Yes, it is. It is better to be married. And it's be better. A it's
1: def- It's definitely better to be married than a pastor. And I think you know you can ignore that at your peril. But you know I, whether I think there's some kind of there's I, I think there's very rare scenarios there like, that um, like Jesus, Jesus and Paul. But the vast majority of the case you do well. Just go with thing.
0: Okay. Fair enough. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.